All right, thank you. All right, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Dan Shep. I'm one of the directors at TZA. And I'm going to be going through uh, a presentation regarding data in your operations, business intelligence, lever leveraging labor management data. So, forgive me, I'm used to walking around when I do presentations, so I'm going to be, be kind of excited up here. But um, I'll give you a little bit of background about TZA, my company, and myself uh, before I really dig into the presentation here. So, um, TZA is a technology and uh, consulting firm located in one of the northern suburbs of Chicago, and we primarily focus on labor management solutions. And at the core of our offering is a software program, a proprietary software, tier one program called ProTrack. And um, with, with our program and the solutions that we deliver to our clients, we typically integrate with warehouse management systems in order to have some visibility to um, many, many different data points and metrics throughout their organization to help them make some decisions and, and, and become more efficient. A little bit about my background, uh, about 20 years in industry. I worked at UPS for about 10 years. Industrial engineer by trade, lots of data analytics, also in um, operational excellence and managing their labor force. Um, about five years in retail, Sears Holding Corporation on the Kmart side, really helping drive fair labor standards to um, budget requirements in the stores. So I know things have come quite a long way. When I started in uh, early 2000s, we were using data and Excel sheets. Right and, and maybe a little access databases and things like that. And, and I'm sure most of you have seen by now there are very, very robust, very robust analytic tools out there that give you some good decision-making capabilities and visibility into what's going on. So um, again, what I'm going to talk about today is, is labor management in conjunction with warehouse management systems and accessing significant amounts of data. Um, kind of go through some of the options and how robust those options are. And then we're going to talk about how um, you know, leveraging those options will give you a broader understanding of your business so you can make some, some good business decisions and operational improvements. Okay? You guys ready for me to get started? You can all hear me okay? Nice. Okay. Thank you. So before I get into many of the main metrics, I want to talk about some of the main data points that we gather. So as I go through this, I'm going to talk about um, kind of how, how we provide solutions to our clients and how that's rel um, relative to what they're doing. And then um, should take about 25 to 35 minutes. And then afterwards, we could open up to some question and answer. Or we could chat up here if you'd like to explore some other opportunities. Okay. So some of the data points that we look at are um, from a performance point of view, we look at customer ID. So you know, who, who are the customers in your operation? Um, assignment ID, right? So we like to group assignments as we're integrating. So um, a pick would be an assignment, a replen would be an assignment, a put away would be an assignment. Uh, number of lines, units, et cetera, I call those task, task level um, metrics that, that really kind of group into assignment IDs. Uh, assignment duration, so how long did each of those assignments take? Activity and zones, right? So what is the activity? It's a put away, it's a pick, it's a replen, it's, uh, it's a load, a receiving, things like that. 
um, in specific zones of the warehouse, skew locations, so ground level, um, above, second level, third level, types of things like that, which could kind of coincide to amount of time it takes a piece of equipment to, so, you know, raise up and down. And then equipment type as a good segue into that. What are the different types of equipment? So a turret, a pallet rider, a you know, swing reach, a cherry picker, things like that, right? And all of those data points are relevant because they all have different characteristics. From an employee point of view, lots of metrics that you could work through from an employee point of view. So obviously the employee's name or their employee ID, their hourly wage, which will drive a lot of analytics on cost as we go through and we break some things down. Um, home activity or zone, so where are they assigned to, which will help kind of leverage some decisions if you're moving people around between, between their home assignment and, and something else, if there's a, you know, a learning curve that needs to be adjusted there. Employment dates, so when did that person start? Um, you could run some analytics. Again, we'll get to it in a minute, but you could run some analytics around, um, you know, do you have a higher turnover percentage for folks who have worked at your firm for less than six months compared to people who've worked there for five years? And then full-time, part-time, temp category. So again, lots of, lots of analytics to run through that. And then what I call other data, so SKU categories. All right, so if you have... Um, you know, an automotive industry, you could have a category that might be brake rotors or another one that might be brake drums or brake pads. So different types of categories, um, accountability steps. So if, if, you're, if you're leveraging a discipline module within an LMS system or within your data points, you could say, okay, how many accountability steps as I'm working with that employee? Incentive pay, go through... Um, how much you're paying them compared to how much you're saving them for incentive for folks who work better or above the expectation. Learning curve, steps. So um, the ability to, to, to adjust for a person who's worked at a company for five minutes compared to the guy who girl who's worked there for five years. It's like um, handicapping and bowling, right? Um, quality metrics, so are they picking the right item? Observations and coaching, so you know, as you're going through making decisions, observation, coaching might be an example of something you did about that decision, right? I went out and I did an observation on an employee who I identified with a metric. And then two of the biggest ones in my experience were a lot of ROI, a lot of um, return on investment from, from our clients, and a lot of money savings comes from is identifying indirect, what I call non-standard, non-value-added hours whether it be categorized as an indirect or a delay function, again, lots and lots of, of, of value from that portion of, of um, categorizing time. All right. So some typical performance data. So I'm just, just a definition of what I mean by performance as, as we roll this out to our customers and our clients is we, we provide engineered labor standards, and, and engineered labor standards represent the amount of time it should take for an employee to complete a task. And performance, simply stated, is, is, is that employee, how is that employee performing relative to the amount of time it should take them, right? So if, if a task, if a pick should take 20 minutes and an employee knocks it out in 15, they're above, their performance is high, right? And if that that task should only take 20 minutes and it takes them 30, their performance would be negative. They're, they're performing below standard or at a negative performance. So um, again, just a quick definition there. So performance, as you take those data points, you could leverage 
um, performance at the facility level. So I think that, that example up there shows how does my Chicago building compare to my Atlanta building or to my Los Angeles or Tokyo building all around the world from a facility point of view. How are activities comparing against each other? Right? So how is picking compared to replenishment from a performance point of view? So again, start thinking about what you're going to do with some of these decision points, where you could focus your effort if you're a supervisor, if you're a manager, district manager, vice president, and where you could look to focus your attention. Right? By shift or by supervisor. So which supervisors are running well and which supervisors are showing an opportunity. So as a management person, you can come in and really identify where to go and who to work with. Um, and then the most important one, right, is employee. When I dig into the employee level as a supervisor, how could I, how could I dig in it? And these items don't need to be independent or siloed of each other either, right? You could put them together. So I might say that Dan might be my least best employee, but he might be okay at picking and not okay at replen. Right? So now I could go and, and I could leverage some decision making or leverage the data to make a decision that says, I'm going to go work with Dan on his performance. I'm going to lay off a picking because he's doing well. I'm going to go work with him on replen because there's an opportunity there. Same with facility, right? Which supervisors at the facility or um, which employees specific to a supervisor as I'm working through. So again, don't just think of these as a siloed approach. Just start kind of thinking like a Rubik's Cube and a layered approach as we go through. Okay, next, next major metric I'm going to go through is, is what we call utilization. And utilization, as I'll define it, is simply the amount of time an employee is working on a value-added activity over the course of their entire day. So, to, to remain consistent with the example of picking. If an employee is working for 10 hours a day and they're picking for seven hours and they're cleaning the floor for three, they would have a 70% utilization, right? So typically we work with our clients to understand what is that correct number? What is the right number of hours that should be in my building, in my operation, dedicated directly to standard activity? So. Um, and that's what we call utilization. So same, same couple categories here, right? What, what's the utilization by facility, right? So who, who's giving us the most output there? Employee, shift, and supervisor, okay? Now, the last metric here, main metric, before I go into some of the, the kind of non-standard analytics is total performance. And total performance is, is simply mirroring the two previous metrics I just mentioned together. So it's mirroring performance with utilization. And what this does is this gives your, you know, your executive director, your vice president, a snapshot of the building or of the shift or of the employee at, at a high level where you could say, okay, how are my employees doing against the performance and the standard? And how are my supervisors managing those employees and keeping the utilization high, okay? So this, this kind of brings to light your potential employee who, who's crushing it on the standard, but they're only working for an hour. And the other nine hours, they're not working, right? So total performance will bring that sort of thing to light. Conversely, it will also bring to light the, the employee who's working very consistently in a steady pace for nine out of 10 hours a day at standard, just even keel. And that second employee will give you more total performance than the first employee I just mentioned in most cases. Okay, so 
Total performance at the same level. Facility level, you could see employee, shift, and supervisor. Okay. So now, um, kind of thinking about it a different way, and, and I kind of alluded to this already. And Mark, my, my clock is going nuts up here, just so you know, I don't know if something happened, but, but I'll, I'll keep it quick. You demand, thank you. So some, some uh, top performer detail that you, could, that you can get. Again, you can get it at the facility level, at the department level, shift level, activity level, supervisor level. So again, if you're a management person, you could come in and you could say, okay, which one of my supervisors is the best in the building? How is he doing, right? Um, again, I mentioned that I worked at UPS for 10 years. This might be a little of my UPS coming out, but maybe, maybe from a different facet is the converse. Who's my least best employee in my operation? Right? Who are my least one or two best operators in, in picking? Who are my one or two least best operators in replant? So not just from a top performer point of view for incentive and things like that, but from a you know, least best or worst, I hate saying that word, a worst performance from a discipline and accountability point of view. Right? So shift, activity, supervisor. You could also start overlaying data points like minimum hours. So how many hours did that person who hit a negative performance really work, right? Is it, does it even count? Same with the incentive. They really crushed it, but maybe they needed a minimum number of hours to earn that incentive, like 40 hours over the course of a week or two. Right, and then employee by category. And the other thing is, how, how are you going to communicate those performances to the employees? Is it just a simple, simple calculation and put it up on the screen? Is it one-on-one? -on -one? Those types of things, right? So it's, it's not just at the management level of analyzing the, the data. It's how are you going to communicate this to your workforce as you roll it out. Okay? So again, some, some big takeaways in my career at TZA have been the jaw-dropping jaw visibility that I see with indirect activities, right? So it, it's, it's in that utilization number, right? If it's 70% utilized, that means you have 30% of your hours on indirect in that example I gave earlier. So indirect percentage by type and time frame. So in addition, you could, you could query cost as well. So what's the cost for indirect hour, right? And a couple different examples of indirect hour types would be you know, cycle counting. And again, things that, things that we're not necessarily building a standard for or things that you might not consider value added as much as you know, your, your conventional picking and replans, but cycle counting, returns, um, maintenance, I've seen cleaning, um, some other companies, you know, truck jockeys, maybe a co-lead, a person who's a lead and does, does work on the floor in a non-union environment. Things like that are some, some examples of indirect activities. Some delay activities, right, same, same type of idea, and a delay is in, by definition, something that stops the progression of another activity. So very often I see delays that consist of um, a spill cleanup or an interaction with a supervisor or WMS goes down or um, 
maybe an impromptu meeting or a training session, right? So some delay types are cleaning and spill cleanup, battery change, supervisor interruption, right? And having visibility to these indirect categories and to the delay categories, especially in aggregate over the course of a day or a week, gives a supervisor, or in some firms, if they have an operational excellence team or even an industrial engineering team, projects to go after, I, you know, ideas for them to, to work on reducing. Um, you know, one thing that's not up here that I see a lot of opportunity in is the end of shift and the start of shift, breaks and lunches. I, I, I see, I mean, when we, when we roll out projects and labor management programs to clients, one of the biggest, the biggest opportunities we see, which we get visibility to in these BI tools, is, um, I need to say, sometimes clear abuse to breaks and lunches. So you get a 15-minute lunch, most employees take on average 20 to 21. Right, so work through that. Same with lunches. Um, start of shift, you typically see somebody from when they clock in, they get time to go to a meeting, maybe prep or pre-trip their equipment, stretch, and then they go out and they roll. They start, they start into their operation. And you know, as we go through um, you know, working with our clients to identify how much time that should be, the biggest opportunity, though, is at the end of the day. Right? So what is the acceptable amount of time at the end of the day from when an employee drops their last pallet, right, if they're, if they're in a pick, to when they leave, to when they're allowed to go home? And, and we'll get into it in a minute. But each of those decisions, each of those five-minute decisions costs a lot of money, right? So, oh, yep, next example. So as I kind of go into that here, a six-minute delay in a conventional building with I have 200 employees at 16 bucks an hour, 252 days a year, 250 days a year cost 80 grand. 15 minute delay costs 200 grand, right? So now as we're going through strategizing with our clients about how much time is acceptable, and I've seen, I've seen clients say no time is acceptable to every employee needs a cleanup, a wrap up, a post trip type of time. And what, what we try to do is we try to leverage what we're able to see visibly in these types of tools along with, I mean, the simple napkin math that says every six-minute decision costs you 80 grand. Every 15-minute decision costs you $200,000, right? And this, this is really kind of the, the simplest way of, of explaining how powerful some of these decisions are that you get from, from very simple visibility into your workforce. Okay. So some other items that we're going to start looking at um, as we go through the presentation here. Turnover percentage, and then take it a step further, right? Turnover percentage by 10-year range. So um, a lot of folks are looking at their workforce, trying to make sure that they get to the sweet spot with, with salary, with payment, with, with hourly wage. And, and they look at things like turnover percentage by 10-year range. So are, are we having a higher turnover with folks who have worked at the firm for less than six months? Well, maybe we should pay them more. Maybe we should pay them less if they're going to leave anyway, right? right? What is the average starting wage and how does that overlay with the turnover percentage? Wage trends versus turnover percentages, right? Um, employee data, oh, sorry, effective wage rate. Oh, this, this is a great one. I wish I could walk over, but I have to stay by the microphone. Here, here, here's a real good one, right? You could see what the effective wage rate is in your building. So if the average wage rate is $11 an hour, but your folks are underperforming, 
Instead of $11 an hour, it's costing you 12 or 13, right? So you could break it down by cost per standard hour. Reverse is true on the right side of the graph, right? Ironically, in Chicago, the town I'm from, you have your average wage rate is 11, but the folks there are above standard, so you're actually paying them less than 11 per hour because they're beating performance compared to the Los Angeles, the Los Angeles building in that example. Does that make sense? Make sense? So, again, um, pretty, pretty powerful tool. You could also overlay uh, wage rate with indirect hours instead of standard hours or with delay hours as, as well, or total hours. Another good one is incentive pay. So some of our clients um, use, use and, and, and strategize about incentive. The, the most simplest version of incentive that I've seen with my clients is just a simple 50-50 split. So if I do 10 hours worth of work in eight hours, I get an hour and management gets an hour. So I'm happy because I did eight hours worth of work and got paid for nine. And the employee or the employer is happy because they only paid for nine hours and they got 10. Right? So you're able to kind of leverage the effect of, a, of, of an incentive plan, so how much you paid compared to how much you saved over the course of time. Just a side note about incentive. When you work incentive with accountability and coaching, you'll see results change. Just a side note. Okay, so some employee analytics, right? Accuracy level, are the employees picking... For example, are they picking the right items? Is it clean? Is it right? Safety violations is another aspect you could grab. Absenteeism percentage. Number of employees assigned per activity versus average calculated required to target. So I plan out my day. I'm supposed to have 40 employees, and I have 44. Right? So simple as that sounds, sometimes that, that intuitiveness isn't so common. So, right, how many am I supposed to have? How many hours, how many employees am I supposed to have based on my demand, based on my forecast versus how many am I actually running? Right? A lot of the same type of metrics, just looking at it different ways. Full-time hours versus temp hours, total and percent. So just looking at my overall labor force, how does it, how is it categorized? How is it broken down? So some other ones, um, lines per hour versus performance against standard time. So, so this, is, this is a great segue into travel time percentage of total order. So um, in, our, in our own business intelligence tool, in our own software, I just made a widget a couple weeks ago that, that says, what is the travel time per pick? So if I look at maybe the Chicago building, the travel time per pick is at 30%, but in Los Angeles, the travel time per pick is at 10%. So what does that mean? Right? Los Angeles is slotted typically much better. They have way, way, way less time per pick. So you're able to see what, what buildings are running more effectively from a cost point of view as opposed to a labor management performance and standards point of view. Right? Because... Typically, in our systems, we'll be giving credit for all portions of, of a job, but some of the intangible items here are, do I have somebody going all the way to the back of the warehouse for a faster-moving product, and the travel on that pick, on average, is huge compared to one of the more efficient operations where the faster-moving products are right, right near the drop-off zone or the pickup zone, right? So travel distance per line, same, same type of idea, getting those, those averages. Um, as you're going into an observation type of situation, um, what are the observations by supervisor comparison? So if, 
So if I did four observations and my performance is here and another supervisor did four observations and their performance is, is way higher, that employee might be doing much better observations. I might just be pencil whipping the observations and not making them effective. So, and by observations, I mean coaching, right? Coaching and working with the employees. Percentage of pending observations by supervisors. So Dan, is, Dan has 15 observations assigned on all his employees and he's only done five, he's 33% percentage. And then program savings. So the savings that are part of um, any aspect of your program, whether it's from incentive or performance increase from utilization or indirect hour reduction, and then labor forecasting. So labor forecasting uh, really speaks for itself. It's leveraging past data to make decisions about the current and future state of your business. So looking for those trends, right? How does the last four Wednesdays relate to today, Wednesday? How does the first week of the quarter relate to um, you know, the, the second couple weeks of the quarter, the second, third week of the quarter? How about special operating days, holidays? I know the Bears are going to the Super Bowl tomorrow. How is that going to affect my staffing on Monday morning? I don't have much historical data on that one. but um, Volumetric data and ratios. Right, performance as a result of supervisor observations. I just kind of mentioned that. So is there a correlation between the number of observations my team is doing and their performance? Is it going up? Is it going down? Is it remaining stagnant? Right? So, um, so, so with that, really, I, I, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a taste of kind of some of the projects that I've been a part of and, and how we help our clients leverage and make decisions based off of, of data that they are now having visibility to in their operation. So I can open it up to questions or if anybody wants to come up and chat, I think we got about, about 15 minutes left. So I kept it at a half hour. Anybody have any questions? Nope, I can't hear you at all. Maybe we should, maybe we should sidebar it. Yep, we'll sidebar at the end. So thank you, everybody, very much. If anybody wants to chat, I'll be up here for about 10 or 15 minutes.